Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You guys, I'm going to go grab a Kit Kat and get ready for the day. <laughs> you guys, I'm going to go grab a Kit Kat, get ready for my day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, our dear Lisa Barlow. We are going to mention it all when it comes to this episode. i got a lot of thoughts. I'm still on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what the hell happened to Heather Gay's eye. The black eye, they keep teasing it for months. I'm getting blue balls about Heather Gay's eye. Like, what happened there? Need some answers. Not only that, I feel bad as a host of this podcast because this was to be the last Everything Iconic Housewives recap of the year because I was going to take a little holiday hiatus. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. That's right. I was going to get on my feet because it's the holidays and head away from the microphone. But now I feel like I'm going to be leaving you all hanging next week because we're going to get into the Heather Gay eye of it all. And then I'm not going to be here to recap it. Although maybe we'll get behind the mic or who knows what'll happen. Maybe they're not even on next week. Is it going to be a holiday just for the Real House of Salt Lake City? Maybe they're taking a week or two off. I'm not sure. The point is, I feel bad. Not only about that, but I also feel bad because here I am, out loud and proud, ready to issue a public apology about everything iconic Salt Lake City recap from last week. Because I mistakenly... Now, I feel terrible about this, but last week on Salt Lake City, there was a moment where Jen Shah had thrown some food into the ocean. Remember I said, justice for the sea creatures, the turtles. I felt bad for all of the ocean animals who were going to have to deal with all the shit that Jen Shah threw overboard. And I mistakenly called a vegetable tray a charcuterie plate. I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good. I even named the Everything Iconic episode something about charcuterie overboard or something like that. And then I come to find out that it was actually just a vegetable tray, a crudite. Now, me being the dummy that I am, I sort of assumed that all snacks on a tray are charcuterie plates. And so I did some recon and I looked this up and it turns out it's not the case. A charcuterie plate is by definition cold Wait, I might have gotten this. I might have written this down wrong. But from what I looked up, it says cold cooked meats collectively. So that's what a charcuterie plate is. Now, just a vegetable tray is not a charcuterie because there was no meats on that tray. Now, had there been a stray slice of ham or a capagal, gabagool, if that would have been on the tray, then we could have called it a charcuterie plate. And I say this to let you all know going forth in your lives to know the difference between a crudite, a vegetable platter, and a charcuterie plate. Now, later in this week's episode, we saw the gals sit down in their Marilyn Monroe outfits at a restaurant that served exclusively charcuterie. And that's uh, an insane thing that we're going to discuss later on in the episode, the fact that they were out in public, because I just wrongly assumed when they showed us those previews of those gals in the Marilyn Monroe outfits, I wrongly assumed that they might have been staying in the San Diego house. But no, it turns out they went out in public in them outfits. And... They decided to go to a charcuterie restaurant. So anyway, I apologize. A vegetable tray, 
I think is the same as a crudité tray or plate, or do they call it just crudité? I don't know. I'm a big dummy. And then a charcuterie is cold cooked meats collectively. So I think it could be, I think it's supposed to be cold meats, right? But why does the definition say cold cooked meats? Anyway, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know I was wrong. And so just want to let y'all know that. Anyway, we opened this week. Lisa, Whitney, and Angie K are at the pool. And none of them like each other again. No one in this cast likes each other, but they're sitting out and talking about the night before because we only had night one. This is day two. Are y'all hearing me? This show has gotten so crazy, and I have been uh, singing the praises of this show for the past, I don't know how many episodes, whatever episodes we're on. And now this week, I'm starting to get off board. I'm starting to go overboard like that vegetable tray, because I'm finding it all to be a little too confusing for my liking. And I was thinking, like, how do we rein it all in? And I do think that they reined it in at the end of the episode, because during that Marilyn Monroe fight, I was getting... I was getting a little, I felt like it was too chaotic, too chaotic. And I've never said that before about any housewives. And yet there I was this week thinking this is too chaotic, but then they reeled it in at the end. However, I was thinking this week, like, what could we do this season? What could be done to make it a little more clear? And I thought, should have, should the editors have edited out one of the fights? Maybe we should have gotten rid of the Heather Whitney fight because that one I don't understand. Maybe they should have gotten rid of like the Lisa Jen fight. And then ultimately, I just thought it was probably too impossible in the editing bay for them to get rid of one of the fights because they're all sort of layered on on top of each other. So even though the Lisa and Jen fight could be something that I think we could have cut from the season, I don't know that there would have been any easy cuts because then when the weather is fighting, somehow Lisa comes in on that. And then Jen snipes in from the side and comes in on that. And so it's all too layered that I don't even think it'd be possible to have edited out one of the fights. But then for the viewing audience, it's so hectic. I keep saying chaotic, and I'm sorry to keep using that word, but it's like there's too much going on. And I can barely follow, and so I know that people who aren't studiously taking notes on the episodes can't follow a lick of this because it doesn't make no fucking sense. And so I just, I'm not sure what the answer is, but something something needs to happen here because it's getting to the Whitney and Heather stuff. I just don't even get. And then I don't even get like the Jen Shav at all, the Shah exposed Instagram account. I don't feel like it makes sense how Lisa Barlow has moved past it so quickly, even though like that whole thing was set up to uh, get her and then Jen Shah has appropriated that Shah exposed fight for herself. And I'm not saying that she's not going through all of these things with the court and the, and the Shah court case. And so that might uh, impact how she feels about the Shah exposed Instagram account and Chris Harrington. But it's all, uh, it makes no sense that Lisa Barlow just moved on from it. And she's not even chiming in when that comes up in the conversation at the dinner table. So I just don't get any of it. It's all just confusing. And then every time Heather and Whitney fight, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand anyway. We're going to get to the end of it, though. We're going to get to the end. And I like that they were fighting in costumes, Marilyn Monroe costumes, which, what is it? Uh, Marilyn Monroe, can't we let that woman rest in peace? At a certain point, I'm going to need everyone to scale back their obsession with Marilyn Monroe. Everyone needs to scale it back. And uh, it's too much. It's too much. Enough! 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 And I have this theory that no one even knows anything about Marilyn Monroe. The people who are obsessed with her, I don't feel like they've not read one book, seen one Marilyn Monroe movie. It's all these women who are obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. I don't even think they know anything about that woman. I feel like they saw a clip once of Marilyn Monroe singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President, and they decided to take her on as a personality. 
And now they're just going around telling everyone they're obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. And I don't even think they know. If you were to quiz any of these people who are obsessed with Marilyn Monroe and say, name one movie she's in or something, I bet you they couldn't name one. I don't know if Whitney would be able to name one Marilyn Monroe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm in my feelings about it. (laughs) I was in my feelings this week about all these women who become obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. And I just don't even feel like they know anything about this person. And as someone who's obsessed with uh, the women of yesteryear, I feel like I at least know things about, let's say, Judy Garland. I love my some Judy Garland, as does a lot of other gays out there. But I feel like gays can at least name Judy Garland performances and songs and movies. Meanwhile, with Marilyn Monroe, I don't believe that any of them know anything about Marilyn Monroe. And so I just, at the very least, I think if you are going to make Marilyn Monroe your obsession and throw parties where you're all dressed up as sir then at least uh, uh, dive into her filmography or something. I don't know. Anyway, then uh, we cut to Heather and Meredith. They're making some coffee. And I want to talk about this for 45 minutes. Uh, Nespresso machine, specifically. Now, I'm not here to knock anyone's coffee preferences because I support all your coffee preferences. But one of the things that I do not like is that uh, as a K-cup user, every time I go out of town or go to some hotel or something, they always got the Nespresso maker. Now, I'm not interested in the Nespresso. I just want a K-cup regular coffee. Ladies, am I right? What are we doing at every hotel? We got a Nespresso machine. And they never work properly. They give you a little a little espresso shot or something. I don't, I've spent hours. The amount of time and energy that I've placed uh, in this lifetime trying to figure out an espresso maker at a hotel, that uh, time could be used uh, with something else. I could be doing literally anything else. I could be solving world hunger. I could be curing uh, diseases or something. And yet I'm spending all this time and collectively, I think we all are. Now, some of you might know how an espresso maker works. And I say, hats off, hats off to you, but I don't understand an espresso maker. And I feel like I'm constantly at every hotel trying to figure it out. And I don't understand because I don't know a single person. Not one person in my everyday life has an espresso machine. And yet every hotel does. You know what every person in my life does have? A K-cup machine. So why aren't the hotels, how did Nespresso get in cahoots with the hotels? And I think George Clooney's behind Nespresso, and I'm going to need George to scale it back and maybe invest in a K-cup machine, because I need the hotels to start carrying that, because I, no one knows how to work an espresso maker, because no one has them in their real lives, and yet you go to stay on a nice vacation, and then you, guess what happens? you got to call down to room service and say, bring me some regular fucking coffee, because I don't know how to work this fucking machine. That says Nespresso or next is NES, right? Nespresso. And then also you're trying to, it's like reading hieroglyphics to try to figure out which one's caffeinated, which one's not. And the ones that are caffeinated will keep you up for days straight if you have one of them at the hotel machine. And then other times you accidentally have the decaf and you're walking around like a zombie because it's like you got to read, you got to know Italian just to be able to make yourself a cup of fucking coffee in the morning. And so you don't know what you're getting and then you just, I don't know. I feel like when I make it, then I'm filling it with water to try to scale it down, and then it gets too watery. But otherwise, it's it's a mess. And I'm going to need an espresso reform here at the hotels. I need. I don't know if anyone out there, Kathy Hilton, if you're listening, you better get on the phone with the other Hiltons and figure it out because I'm tired of the Nespresso machines. It needs to end. Just give me a regular. I don't, it doesn't even have to be a K cup. Just give me a regular coffee pot, something that I could just put the, you know, old fashioned where you put the, what do they call it? That coffee. What's that? That paper you put in the, <laughs> what that's what's that fucking paper you put in the coffee mug? I'm not sure, but the point is, we need to figure it out because every hotel these days got the Nespresso machine. And Heather and Meredith, they were making themselves a cup, 
And this was at an Airbnb. This wasn't even a hotel. They're at an Airbnb. And it's like, how does this happen? And every time you rent something, you got an espresso machine. And, and those of you out there who have one, who don't have a K-cup machine, I'm sorry to be hating on it, but I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And people in the Midwest, I don't believe have an espresso machine. And that's where my heart and my soul is from. So I refuse to get on board. And I love my K-cup machine. I do. Anyway, what are we talking about? Salt Lake City. So, Heather says to Meredith in the morning, I'm just trying to wake up and figure out who my friends are, who my enemies are. And, oh, this was to Lisa, she says. Who, I'm trying to figure it out. And it's like, yeah, if you can't even figure it out, imagine how the viewers feel. <laughs> like, Heather can't even figure it out the next morning after day fucking one. And so, of course, us viewers are at home thinking, yeah, like, I don't understand who's friends with whom, too. Who's the enemy, who's not? Heather and Lisa talk, but I thought they were in enemies. And then Heather says they all have toxic relationships with Jen. They show a montage, and they do. They all are scared of Jen, but it's all, I don't know. Then we see Jen and Angie K hugging and matching uh, outfits. Jen's like, I'm sorry, I love you. And then it's like all so fucking nuts. Like, these two are friends now? She threw the champagne on her head. Angie was so pissed and calling her a con artist and condor the whole day before. And now all of a sudden Angie's moved on. I'm like, what is going on? They're resetting the relationship. Resetting the relationship. Resetting the relationship. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on on this show? It's all fucking nuts. And meanwhile, they all hate each other. And then Jen and Angie K just decide to gather all the gals. And they give them all a beach bag. A beach bag filled with beach stuff. And they're going to the beach for the day, San Diego Beach. Meanwhile, Lisa's like, I wish we were going to Turks and Caicos. But she said, <laughs> she kept saying, I thought, I wish we were at Turks and Queso. Queso. She kept saying Queso. <laughs> she couldn't say Queso. <laughs> I love Lisa Barlow. Uh, this week especially, I just she was tickling me. She was tickling me. She just was. She was making me laugh so much. They're making you laugh so much. But anyway, they hate each other. They already murdered each other the whole night before. And now all of a sudden, they're giving each other beach bags and going to make sandcastles in the sand. Like, what the fuck is that? And they get to the beach. And we have, you know how I love when they have to do these activities and the people who are in charge of the activities are way over eager? That I love those kind of people. You know, the people who are running the, the tours and running the games and everything. And this did not disappoint because we got two people, a guy and a gal, and they were setting up these beach games and they were going to uh, see who's going to become the queen of the beach in Sandcastle Wars. Now, if I'm going to the beach, I'm not interested in games. And I did zone out when they were doing these games because at one point they were doing a potato sack race and I decided to just rank my potato uh, potatoes in general. I just did a ranking of potatoes because I was so bored during the potato sack race. Now, I think there needs to be some middle ground because, again, too many fights is too confusing for the viewer, but also watching them potato sack race is not what I signed up for either. So I'm not sure what the middle ground is, but I did rank potatoes while they were doing the potato sack race. Do you guys want to hear it? And maybe you can share your ranking of potatoes, but there are so many different potatoes. I'm sure that I missed some, but while they were potato sack ra- racing, I did write down my number one in terms of potatoes are thick cut French fries. Not necessarily steak fries, but not the thin shoestring ones. They got to be in the middle, preferably with like a truffle. I like a truffle aioli or a truffle salt or something like that. They could be sweet potato. I also like those. 
Now, number two is potatoes au gratin. Love a potatoes au gratin. Number three, mashed potatoes. Number four, waffle fries, which I put in a different category from the other fries. Then we have baked potato, then potato chips, then curly fries, then potato salad, then hash browns, then tater tots. Tater tots are the lowest. They are the lowest in the ranking for Dan. Not interested in tater tots or hash browns. Don't really care for. I like a breakfast potato if it's on like breakfast burrito or something, but I'm not interested in the hash brown and the tater tops. Then they split up. Half the gals go surfing. Half the gals go to a restaurant for lunch while Meredith decides to just sit on the beach and go on her phone. Girl. I related to that. She said, no, no, honey. No, no. She's not. <laughs> She's not doing either activity. And Meredith, here's what I want to say about Meredith Marks this season. I think she was smart, and I think any housewife would be smart to do this. Have the feud very early on in the season. Have your big blow-up feud with someone, which Meredith did. She was going after Lisa Barlow. She had the big feud, got it on camera, had a fight for the season. Then she just decided to be Switzerland. She backed down and she became friendly with everyone. So she's taken the back half of the season off and she's able to just be easy, breezy, beautiful, funny, and just real light on her feet, Meredith. And I think that's a smart play for any housewife in our housewife cinematic universe because I think having a fight, you need to have some sort of feud throughout the season to keep your spot on the show. But then I think sometimes when people drag the fights on throughout the whole season or end the season in a big feud, I don't think that's very good for the stat- their status on the show. I don't know if that's good for them coming back next season because it becomes sometimes too toxic and we as an audience get tired of their fight with somebody. Whereas Meredith, it's like we could remember that she had this fight with Lisa Barlow, but then we forget about it by the end and we just see this light on her feet person. Does that make sense? By light on her feet, I mean light on those kitten heels because she was running around that beach in them kitten heels. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Anyway, she's not doing the surfing. Surfing's hard, too, by the way. I I actually learned the very first time I went surfing was in San Diego, and that's where I learned to surf. But it's hard to get up, especially that first time or two. I'm not a good surfer. But Whitney Wild Rose, she got up on that board, and she was just... She was uh she was really filling it. She was she got uh, really high on that board and she was riding the wave. I was happy for her filling it. Anyway, then we see Lisa, Jen, and Heather uh, at lunch. Or I'm not sure what time this was. It looked like lunch, but then Lisa ordered stuffed ravioli. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about this? So first of all, I would love to just get eyes on Lisa Barlow's food journal. Like, I just want to know exactly what's being eaten throughout the day because she woke up, had breakfast, was a Kit Kat, and then for lunch was eating stuffed ravioli on the beach. Now, I'm not judging anyone's uh, what they're eating. Well, I am, I suppose, judging what she's eating because it just seemed like not a summertime San Diego beach uh, meal. Did anyone else feel that way? Like, I'm not judging the size of the meal. I'm just judging, like, the meal itself of we're on a hot beach and the other gals are surfing. So obviously it's nice enough. Whitney even said, do I have to wear the the surf uh, outfit or the thing, the wetsuit? Which leads me to believe that it was a pretty hot day if she didn't even have to wear the wetsuit in the water. So then I'm seeing Lisa Barlow order stuffed ravioli outside. And you know how I feel about eating outdoors. I do not care for it. If I'm going to be eating outdoors, it better be cold food. And yet Lisa Barlow is ordering stuffed ravioli outside. And not only that, but they brought so much food to that table. It was all shellfish, which I'm just learning now that Jen's allergic to. And how did, how did Heather not know that Jen was allergic to shellfish? She's sitting there. She's like, oh, you're allergic to shellfish? I didn't know! And I'm thinking, I thought you guys were besties. Like, what's the truth here? That was the real smoking gun for their relationship with me. Because I've always been so confused about their relationship. But then I've, I've been a little... Um, 
I've been supportive of Heather being so supportive of Jen Shaw because there's a loyalty there. But then I thought, well, how do you not even know she's allergic to shellfish? I know people that I'm barely friends with who are allergic to shellfish. I can tell you Bethany Frankel's shellfish allergy. I, I mean, I know people's shellfish allergies. And so these two are supposed to be best friends, but you don't know she's allergic to shellfish. What's the truth? What's the truth, little girls? Little girl. Need to know. Need to know. Anyway, there's more important things happening at this uh at this whole table because they're talking about who's, uh, who's fighting, who's feuding. Jen still wants Heather to not be friends with Angie. Lisa doesn't care about the Angie thing anymore. There's a whole montage of Jen talking shit in a hot tub about Heather. And uh, look, I don't understand what's going on. I didn't understand who was fighting with whom they were saying weird idioms. Like Heather at one point said something like the sun doesn't shine on the same dog's ass or something. <laughs> I might've written that down. <laughs> I might have written that down wrong, but I swear somebody said, I think it was Heather Gay said, the sun doesn't shine on the same dog's ass. Now, maybe I just missed part of that saying, but I just felt like they were throwing out those like, no IN teams, six to one, half dozen of the other. And if I can't even understand who's fighting with who, I certainly can't understand when we're throwing these sayings out the wazoo and you're all just saying something that I'm supposed to understand because I don't even understand your relationship dynamics. And now you're adding like this other metaphorical layer of metaphorical sayings on top of that. So it's like, I don't know what the fuck anyone's saying. Don't know what the fuck anyone is talking about. The sun doesn't shine on the same dog's ass. And Lisa, meanwhile, is like, my world has been rocked for the last 24 hours. (laughs) And Jen just yelling, like, Heather, you're a flip-flopper. You need to wear flip-flops. And Jen, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Should we take a break? And so I could regroup and look at my notes and try to figure out what's going on. What the fuck is going on? Oh, wait, the other thing was that Lisa said, so, okay, before we take our break, I just have to say this one last thing. So Jen had revealed that she's been going through all of these mental health struggles. And I feel bad for Jen because, of course, she's going to jail or Shakord or whatever. And so she reveals this very personal information about this tough time she was struggling through. And she said it coincided with the Shah exposed Instagram account. And it really started to feel like it was pushing her over the edge. So this happens. And then Lisa says, Jen just dropped something so heavy. Bob the Builder couldn't move it. <laughs> and I wondered if like that was, that felt to me like something Lisa had written down. She thought about it at night, or maybe one of the kids did, Jack, or one of the one of them kids who sells the wolf shampoo. <laughs> what a weird sentence that was. One of them kids she has that sells the wolf shampoo. Anyway, she, I feel like what, somebody came up with that, or maybe it was assistant, or maybe it was someone on production, and they were like, Lisa, you should write this down and use it sometime. And then she finally got the opportunity to use it. I just loved it. I loved it. Anyway, we're going to take our break here and we're going to come back and talk about all that Marilyn Monroe stuff because I've got a lot of thoughts. Let's take a breather. I want to thank ACAST. All of the new Everything Iconic merch, it's going quick. And so we just have limited stuff. We might try to order some more of the t-shirts, but as of now, they're limited edition. And so Matt's shipping them out, but it's everything iconic dot store. And we are not a, we are not a shop. We are not Nordstrom's. We, <laughs> I wish we could do a hundred different colors and a hundred different styles and different sayings and stuff, but we're limited here. You know, we're a one man band, me and Matt, I guess he's the one who does the merch stuff, but I wish we could do everything, but we are not Nordstrom's. So we do what we can and it's all going quickly. And thank you all for ordering great Christmas gifts. Everything iconic dot store. We'll be right back.
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash everything iconic. And we're back, girl. Girl? Now, before I get back into the Real House of Salt Lake City, real quickly, can I take a little White Lotus detour? Did you guys watch the finale? If not, just fast forward through this because it's going to be spoilers. But I just thought it was the most brilliant finale. And I didn't realize that so many people were upset with how it ended. But I just thought it was so incredible. I was on the edge of my seat the last 30 minutes or so of Jennifer Coolidge's performance. Not only that, but I also just have to shout out Megan Fahey, who I've loved since the bold type. I thought she had a scene on the beach or she played Daphne on the show, and she had this scene on the beach that was just the most incredible acting I think I've ever seen. I hope she's just the biggest star in the world, because I love her. She was always uh, one of the best parts of The Bold Type, which was this freeform show about these gals working in a magazine place that I loved. It's kind of like one of those good-bad shows, right? Like, I I love The Bold Type, but it, proceed with caution if you <laughs> if you tune in. Just know that it's a freeform show. Anyway, I thought Megan Fahey was so incredible in this one little scene on the beach that was like, give her an Emmy. But everyone was so good. I, I just cannot wait for the next season. I'm devastated that's over seven episodes or eight. How many episodes was it? It wasn't enough. I just wish it was more. So if you did watch The White Lotus and you liked it, check out Mike White, who created White Lotus. Check out his other show, Enlighten, which starred Laura Dern, also one of my all-time favorite series. But uh, I thought The White Lotus, the way it built attention 
And I think we were all wondering who was dead and who wasn't and who did the killing. And I thought it was incredibly satisfying, although I know a lot of people were disappointed by who died. I still think there's a way to bring her back next season. I think maybe a twin or I don't know, who knows? I think there can be ways around it. And I hope that it happens. But I just thought it was a a brilliant show, a brilliant season, even better than the first, in my opinion, which I also love. So if you are looking for something over the binge, if you uh, to binge over the holidays, if you haven't watched that, check that out. So it was good. Anyway, all the gals are at a charcuterie restaurant over on Salt Lake City Housewives. And there's one line reading that I have to point out. Speaking of uh, beautiful acting, I want to point out Meredith Marks. It was around, I don't know, 32-ish minutes into the episode without commercials. So she said um, to the table of gals, she says, I think I was the best surfer today. But if you go back and watch it, the way she said it was very much like when she said, I'll have the Chardonnay. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. She said it like, I think I was the best surfer today. <laughs> I think I was the best surfer today. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. I got <laughs> I gotta get it for the soundboard. Oh, I'm making myself up. I gotta get it for the soundboard because it was so funny to me. I think I was the best surfer today. And good for her. She's got her Chardonnay. I imagine she just opened up the Franzia in the hotel room or at the at the San Diego Airbnb, and she got to this place. You know, she had to have a couple of glasses before she sat down as Marilyn Monroe, and I support that, and I love her for it. But she said, I think I was the best surfer today. And look, I just, I love it. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. That's right, get on your feet, it's the holidays! It's the holidays, everybody should be having a Chardonnay at this time. Whitney asks Jen to talk about lunch. So Jen Shaw sits at the table and says, I'm not going to talk about what happened at lunch. It's too personal. The conversation is too personal. I'm not interested in it. And Whitney kind of presses her for it. She says, can you please tell us what happened? Are you going to tell us that it was just between the two of you or three of you or who was it between? And then Jen Shaw snaps. She says, you want to know? I try to take my life and you want to keep digging, she says. Meanwhile, she's wearing the shamazing hair clip, which was not... (laughs) I was just thinking, this is off topic a little bit, but I was thinking like Marilyn Monroe, you're putting together the costume. And Jen Shaw really did put together a great costume because Whitney gave everyone else wigs, which I'm not sure that I really would wear a wig of somebody else's. Like I have my own wigs and I will wear it knowing that I keep it in a certain spot, but I'm always worried about lice and bed bugs, lice and bed bugs, lice and bed bugs, lice and bed bugs. You know, that's what always is playing in my head. It's like I become obsessed thinking about that. And I've told you this before on the show. I think when you go to a hat store or something, you do not try on the hats willy-nilly because you don't know whose head it's been on. And so somebody's given me a wig, unless I see it in the packaging or something, I'm not just throwing that over my head. I'm not doing it. And so Whitney was given everyone, and I'm not saying Whitney did anything. It's not like she planted lice in the box of wigs for the Marilyn Monroe night at the charcuterie restaurant. Another insane sentence. I just think that it's possible that in travel, it was in a box. That was just in some cardboard box, all them wigs. And so my point is, Jen brought her own wig, so she was prepared for the Marilyn Monroe night. She had the whole outfit ready. She had the wig. She had the glam team, which I'm not sure like if why she's the only one that seemingly has glam on these vacations. I know she downsized the house, but do we really think that she should be having a whole shaglam squad because it just, I don't know. Anyway, the point is 
she was all ready for that. And so she put together this whole look that was really, uh, I'd say, a step above all the other gals Marilyn Monroe looks because she had come prepared with her own wig. And yet she still decided to put the amazing hair clips in, which just made me laugh because like you're Marilyn Monroe just imagining her. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be so funny? And no, this would never happen. But wouldn't it be so funny if we like Google image search Marilyn Monroe and we found a still photo of her just wearing... <laughs> Like one of her iconic dresses, just with uh, hair clips in that said "Shamazing." <laughs> like, what was that uh, dress that Kim Kardashian wore to the Met Gala? That was Marilyn Monroe's. Like, wouldn't it be so hysterical if we found some alternative perspective photo from the night Marilyn Monroe wore that dress? And it's like, obviously, uh, unearth photo from that era, and we just find out she was wearing hair clips that said "Shamazing." Oh my god, I'd love it. I'd love. It. <laughs> Anyway, they're all fighting, and Whitney and Heather, I don't understand the fight, so I can't really explain it because I don't get it. But there was this funny flashback that made me laugh about Meredith and Whitney emptying a dishwasher. Now this, I could talk about this for at least 75 minutes, because it was like Meredith jumped in on the fight between weather, because Whitney was saying that Meredith was the one who first brought up the rumors about Lisa sucking dick for Utah Jazz tickets or whatever that whole thing was. And so Meredith chimes in and says, like, you started that, Whitney. And Whitney's like, no, you came over and we were emptying the dishwasher. And then they had footage. The producers showed footage of Whitney and Meredith emptying the dishwasher. Now, here's why this is funny to me. Because this isn't like the real world, okay? If you watched MTV back in the day, or I'm not sure if the real world is still on. I don't believe that it is. But when the days of yore in terms of reality TV was uh, the real world, the 90s, that was, of course, the real world. New York, real world San Francisco, real world. We did all the New York cycle, or we did all the city cycles of the real world, and they had cameras on them 24-7. And even on something like Summer House, we got cameras in the house 24-7. But here in Salt Lake City Housewives, we set up shots, we set up scenes, we set up everything's planned. These women aren't filming 24 hours a day, except for when they are on vacation. But even then, the activities are planned, so they have a shooting schedule. Now, what's making me laugh about this is they weren't on vacation. They were back home in Utah. And somehow, a scene got filmed where Meredith and Whitney emptied a dishwasher. Now, if you follow any of the people talking about the making of the Real House size, from what I understand, the housewives sit down with producers and say, here's what's going on in my life. And then the producers say, okay, we'll film that event. We'll do that event. We'll do that scene. Right? They're connecting the dots after the gals tell them what's going on in my life. So it makes me laugh to think that maybe Whitney sat down with a producer, and maybe this isn't exactly how it went, but I am choosing to believe that it is. Like Whitney sat down with the producer and was like, hey, I'm going to be on Saturday emptying my dishwasher. <laughs> Maybe Meredith could come over. We could have a chat about one of the other gals. Uh, and that could be our activity. Because we've seen every activity on these shows. We've seen the goat yoga a hundred times. So now they're getting creative. And so maybe Whitney said, okay. Or maybe Whitney suggested, hey, we go axe throwing on Saturday. And producers like, no, we've seen it too many times. People are tired of it. Audiences are tired of the goat yoga. They're tired of the axe throwing. They're tired of whatever. And so then she's like, well, how about, how about this? How about Meredith comes over in her kitten heel and we empty the dishwasher. <laughs> I do not have a Chardonnay. <laughs> then they filmed it. I mean, it's craziness to think that they just had footage of them emptying a dishwasher. Now, emptying a dishwasher is an activity that I do myself, but it's just not something that I saw in Housewives. And of course, it was only shown in flashback footage. And then I guess the smoking gun was that 
I didn't even understand like Meredith. I was too focused on the fact that they were shooting them just emptying a dishwasher. And God bless Whitney because who likes to empty a dishwasher? She got some help when Meredith came over and she didn't have to do it herself. But uh, just the idea that they were emptying a dishwasher. And then Whitney's like, you know, you came over and wanted to discuss Lisa. She's like, you were ready to talk about it. She's like, I felt the vibe. I felt the vibe when we were emptying the dishwasher. It was just so, this show is nuts. I need this holiday break from this show. I do. I love it with all my heart and soul. And as soon as this season's over, I'm going to be saying, God, I miss those gals. But as it stands, I need a little holiday breather from them because I don't understand what's going on. I don't know who they're fighting. They all look insane. Meanwhile, their wigs are all a mess. Jen's wig, I just thought some gay man needs to come through here with a comb. Or a weed whacker to calm it down a little bit because Jen's wig just got all over the place and she had them hair clips in. And I just wondered, why. how did the hair get such a mess at this charcuterie restaurant? Was it the humidity? Like, what kind of hair was that? Because it was just Jen Shaw's, uh, her hair just got nuts mid-scene around the charcuterie table. And so I just thought somebody needs to come in there. All their hair looked nuts. I know they were drinking and stuff. Your hair gets all over the place. But it just felt like Jen Shaw's hair, really. Didn't it get nuts? And then they're all fighting. Well, Lisa says, I feel reprieve in terms of her relationship with Whitney. And Whitney says, I'm trying to be real. <laughs> she said, I'm trying to be real. I'm being real, and you're knocking it. And then Lisa gives another one of her saying, she says, I'm feeling like I'm at the state fair, and they're trying to win, and I'm the plushie. Again, I don't know what anyone's fighting about. Whitney says something about gaslighting, which is the word of the year. Do you see that? It's the word of the year in Webster's or someplace. I'm not sure I saw a headline. Moving on. Uh, they're just fighting. And Lisa suggests that they take a friendship breather. Heather ignores Whitney. And I don't understand this. I've been so hard on Whitney Wildrose. And maybe I'm turning a corner because this week I thought, in particular, why is Heather so forgiving of Jen Shah, but not of Whitney Wildrose? And maybe Whitney Wildrose did act poorly because I was firmly on team Heather when it came to the Whitney Wildrose argument of, of yesteryear of the earlier season. And now I'm thinking, why can't Heather just get over it the way she gets over everything with Jen Shah? Because it seems like when Jen Shah fucks up, Heather's very quickly able to say, I forgive you. I'm your ride or die. I'm a loyal, whatever. But then with Whitney, and maybe it's because she feels like she's talking in circles with Whitney, because that's true, too. Whenever Whitney's talking about what she's upset about, like, I can't really understand it. And so maybe that's why Heather feels like she's on a hamster wheel. But I just feel like Heather is able to forgive and forget when it comes to Jen Shah, who's doing seemingly way worse stuff than Whitney Wild Rose. Because as I can tell, all Whitney Wild Rose is really saying is like, Heather, you interrupt me, and I'm pissed about it. And you're pretending like you didn't hear this story about Utah Jazz sick uh, second dick for tickets or whatever. And I don't think that Heather did understand that conversation about the second dick for jazz tickets, but Whitney talks in circles around it. And I don't know, these two just need, somebody needs to sit down. We need Dr. Amador from Bethany ever after to sit down with these two, because I think they would be able to move forward if somebody get through to them, but none of the other gals are helping because they all again, hate each other. So I don't know. Then they all split up at the bar. Heather says she's ride or die until she's done. I get that. I get that. Then finally, we get some reprieve in the form of a gay bar because the gals go to a gay bar. They're having fun. They're getting pizza. They're dancing. I needed this. We all needed this. It's been too chaotic on Salt Lake City. I needed them all to come together with some pizzas and some gays and just have a good time, get some loose, get loose. And when they finally got back to the house, they were all yelling, Mama. Yeah, I felt like uh, Heather Halla Thompson was on the screen all of a sudden because they were like, hey, mama. 
<laughs> Did anyone else notice that? They got back to the San Diego house. Just kept yelling, Mama, I can't get in, Mama. Mama, answer the door, Mama. Hey, Mama. It's just like, Heather Thompson, you here? Is she on the cast all of a sudden? Because I wouldn't be surprised. Who knows what's happening? Who knows who's in the cast or who's not? And then they're all touching titties. Heather and Jen touch titties 2.25 in the morning. They just keep, their bare breasts just keep touching each other's bare breasts. I've never seen so much bare-breasted knocking. And uh, the straight guys out there, I'm sure they were awake for this moment because uh, not something I was interested in, but I do know that there are some straight people that watch the show. And so the straight guys out there, I think they uh, got a good little, a lot of, a lot of tit touching. A lot of tit-touching for the straight guys in the audience. You know, Bravo's got to keep everyone on their toes watching the show. Bravo don't want to lose the straight guy audience. It's maybe not a vast audience. It's mostly women and gay men watching the show. But I do think that Bravo's got an underrated or underrepresented group of straight guys that watch the show. And so the Bravo producers, Bravo editors, they said, let them have uh, some titty-touching for the straight guys to wake up, perk up a little bit, their eyes open, and all of a sudden they're on board and they're tuning in next week. And so I think that was really what was going on there because it was a lot of tit-touching work. And meanwhile, Heather is just showing her boobies. She's got the boobies out on the pool, and and Angie K is like, Heather, show us your boobies. And Angie K is up on the staircase taking like this um, overhead photo of the gals. And it was the funniest photo. It was like Heather, Jen, and Meredith Marks. And um, they just look so wasted, so wasted, the photo of them. I loved it. Uh, Bravo was also smart because they put cams in the hallway, cameras in the hallway. They got put some GoPros up. They realized that what happened over on Beverly Hills Housewives with Kathy Hilton in the Aspen House, they said, not on my watch. It's not happening in Salt Lake City. So they decided to put the GoPros up. They had the hallway footage. And I pray to God they got some good hallway footage of what happened to Heather Gay's eye because I need answers because she went to bed. Here's the timeline. 3.28 a.m., she goes back into her room. She goes to bed. She put the bubbies back in their bubby basket. <laughs> we should start calling shirts bubby baskets. Can we? Can we do that? Bubby baskets? But she put the... <laughs> oh, I'm giggling. She put the bubbies back in the bubby basket, and she goes to go to bed at 3.28 a.m. And then 4.50 a.m., someone's at the door. Who is it? I don't know. Because they didn't tell us. They ended on to be continued. We see a seven hours later, she texts Meredith to come to the room. So Meredith comes to Heather Gay's room. They all got their bubbies in the bubby baskets. And Jen is already in the room. So it's Jen, Meredith, and Heather. And Heather shows them all the black eye. And we don't know what happened. But there's also scratches. That was the most surprising part of it all to me, was that Heather also had scratches. Like some sort of cat came in and just started scratching at all of them. We had some sort of cat scratches on Heather Gay. And so I had been saying all these weeks that we're not going to find out what happened to Heather Gay's eye. But now I do think, I thought I thought she just ran into a doorway or something. But now I'm thinking something else might have happened because of the cat scratches. Now it is possible that they're leading us to believe that something happened and maybe Heather was super drunk. Maybe she did just start scratching herself or ran into a doorway or fell over. I mean, I've been, I'm a clumsy person myself. I've had so many injuries. You guys remember when Adele's new single came out and I fell walking and I dislocated my shoulder for or tore my rotator cuff for a whole year. I finally now just got that rotator or the the um my shoulder healed. It took a whole year. I almost had to have surgery. Luckily, I didn't. But uh, that happened just for me walking in the midday, listening to a Adele ballad. I fell on the concrete outside walking like a big dumb idiot. And so I I had scratches all over myself, too. When that happened, you recall, I had scratches all over my arms, my knees. I was so embarrassed. It was like 3 p.m. on a Tuesday or something when it happened. 
and I had to go to the doc. It was a whole ordeal. And so I understand that these things happen when you're clumsy, let alone adding alcohol. When that happened to me, it was the result of an Adele ballad, but there was no alcohol involved. And here, Heather Gay, we know that she was lit. She was drunk. She was drinking, and she had the bubbies out of the bubby basket. And so she was... um she was intoxicated, so maybe that has something to do with it. I'm not sure, but we got it to be continued. And I don't know if they're off next week for the holidays, but here on Everything Iconic, we are due to be off. And so uh, maybe we'll have to chime in or follow me on social media. We'll try to watch it live or something. But I will have new episodes of the podcast next week, but we they will be interview episodes. So I do hope you all tune in because I got some great people coming on the show. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And in the meantime, you can also get my holiday podcast. It's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. My friend Jen and I recap holiday movies. This week, we covered Muppet Christmas Carol. Next week, I believe we're covering The Holiday with Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. Never has Jude Law looked hotter. I mean, him in The Holiday. That man. I suppose he might have looked hotter in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Did you guys see that? But that era of Jude Law, I mean, no one could touch it. No one could touch it. I mean, that man with the British accent, the napkin over his fucking head. In the holiday. Ah, I love that movie. I love that movie. Anyway, uh, that's it for the episode. I love you all so much for listening. If I don't talk to you, happy holidays. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. Maybe we'll come back. Maybe we'll have an episode. I don't know. I change like the weather. I change like the weather. I love you all. Let's take our uh, deep breath in. And let's hold it. Uh, and breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it, baby. Hold it, little girl. Little girl. Breathe out. (laughs) By the way, a lot of you have complained that I took Asher off the soundboard, so I added him back this week. Girl? Here he is. Asher's back for the holiday. (laughs) 
<laughs> By the way, did you guys see Asher? There was some new music video. He had the nipple out. He had his bubbies out of the basket in this music video. I saw a nip. I'm not sure if it was a new music video or what. So he sent it to me. It was like the nip was out. Asher's just freeing the nip this season. And I'm not sure that I need Asher to free the nip. He needs to put that bubby back in a basket because I'm not interested. And oh, sorry to say, get back in Santa's sleigh. I'm not interested. Get back up that chimney because I don't want to see that nip out. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye.